Hello and welcome to Yuki Life Abroad. My name is Andre and I'm joined by my co-hosts Alexa and Nathan. So you might have noticed that uh, we haven't been releasing episodes lately and I guess as everyone in the diaspora can relate to, um, our schedules have kind of been uprooted uh, since the invasion has started and you know in the meantime we've had a number of things happen uh, here in our hall where we record we've had um, our hall turn into a refugee center where we did a lot of volunteering um, we had ran English classes we went to protests we did community events uh, yep. tried to engage the new arrivals from Ukraine into the existing Ukrainian community and make them all feel welcomed and also help them integrate into Australian life um, as all the other diasporas around the world have been doing with arrivals from Ukraine. And then our studio became a storage room, which we rebuilt today. So hopefully now that things are stabilized, we're going to be back on track and uh, we'll be releasing episodes again. And hopefully there won't be a seven month break between episodes. Absolutely. So as we all know, Ukraine won Eurovision in 2022 with their song Stefania by Kalush Ok Orchestra. And uh, that has obviously led to many questions in Eurovision as to how Ukraine would host the event considering Russia's invasion and um, what would the logistics would be of hosting such an event. And this created probably the most interesting set of hosting circumstances for the UK, uh, for Eurovision. I'm giving the game away there. <laughs> um, and what happened was, is that in June of 2022, um, the Ukrainian national broadcaster and the European Broadcasting Union met and held discussions on the possibility of Ukraine hosting the event and President Zelensky obviously in a public morale boost said that you know if the war was over by the time Eurovision would happen that it should be hosted in Mariupol considering the um the tragedies that were there and obviously to try and bring people's attention to the horrors of Azovstal and all that. However, the Ukrainian broadcasting uh, broadcaster proposed Lviv, Zakarpatia, or Kiev, as obviously they're a lot further away from any front lines and are much safer cities. However, due to the, the situation in Ukraine, the European Broadcasting Union said that Ukraine unfortunately would be unable to host the event and began exploring other possible host countries and a few countries at the start initially put their hand up such as Belgium, Italy, the Netherlands, Poland, Spain, Sweden and the UK. However, it was decided that the UK as the runner-up to last year's event would um, take over hosting. However, Ukraine would still be involved as the winner in determining certain aspects of it. So if you look at the generic Eurovision logo for this year, um, it still has the Ukrainian flag in the traditional heart. However, it says United Kingdom and Liverpool in smaller font underneath to highlight that whilst Ukraine is the winner, it is being hosted by the UK. Now, when was the last time I think that the winning country hasn't hosted, Andre? Um, so, Israel ended up winning in 1979 and being the second time in a row that they had won, um, the broadcasting authority in Israel uh, could not allocate any international uh, production without extra resources and the government turned down a request to extend their budget. The broadcast also happened, happened to fall on the same day as the Yom Hazikaron, which is a national holiday um, of rem uh, remembrance. 
and so then uh, Israel could not even perform at all because of it. And so in the end, they had to um, give up their uh, hosting rights pretty much and another country had to perform. Um, this also marked the only time that a previous year's winner um, did not compete the following year as well oh, okay. in their stead. Um, so Nathan, well, where's this year's Eurovision going to be held in the UK? Well, they have decided to pick um, Liverpool. And the reason for that is that it is one of the cities in uh, the UK that has a deep connection to the arts and to music. So its metropolitan area is the fifth largest in the UK, uh, with a population of 2.2 million. And it is known for its uh, music scene, especially where uh, the Beatles started out. So it's known as the home, the home of the Beatles. That was going to be my guess. I'm like, aren't the Beatles from Liverpool? <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's where they're from. Um, so yeah, that's the uh, reason they've decided to go with that. So the UK has previously hosted Eurovision nine times ranging from the 1960s to the last time in 1998. So it's been a while since they've hosted. We won't get into why the UK has performed poorly in Eurovision. (laughs) (laughs) But um, they have released um, an interesting heartbeat logo, which combines the colours of the UK flag and the Ukrainian flag. And the tagline for this year is United by Music. And obviously, I think that tagline precludes certain countries from participating. So... Um, Russia and Belarus, both who have been suspended by the European Broadcasting Union, will not be returning this year, which is always good news. And unfortunately, um, a few other countries aren't participating, but for very different reasons. So those countries that won't be returning are Bulgaria, Montenegro and North Macedonia, mainly due to budgeting issues and being unable to allocate extra funds due to the um, global energy crisis. I have a question, Alexa. Do you know the Heartbeat logo? Yeah. Haven't they used it before? No. So the Heart, the Eurovision Heart logo, like the traditional one, mm. that one is like the generic Eurovision one. But now each year they also make like an event-specific logo. Okay. So I think Ukraine or Turkey in 2003 or four were the first to use like the generic Eurovision one that everyone's familiar with, mm-hmm. and then. Um, I think in the 2010s, they started making individual concert logos as well. Yeah, because one of them was butterflies, I remember. Yeah. Like, each country was in the butterfly, and it was really hard to, like, see what the country was. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, in addition to the actual Eurovision event, which is taking place on what dates, Nathan? Uh, so, the semi-final, the first one, is on the 9th of May, 2023, obviously. Uh, the second semi-final is the 11th of May, two days later, and then two days after that, you have the big old grand final on the 13th of May. Um, all three live shows will start at 9 o'clock Central European Summertime, and they have four hosts, actually. So they have Julia Stenina, I'm sorry if I say her name wrong, Graham Norton, uh, Hannah Waddingham, and Alicia Dixon, which... I don't know if many people know. I, I, out of those, I only know Graham Norton and Alicia Dixon, but they're probably very big in the UK. Well, Julia, uh, what was her surname? Stanina. Stanina. So she's from Stanina. Ukraine. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, you know, that makes sense. They are hosting her. <laughs> <laughs> Julia Stanina. Yeah, but um, I know the other two, Graham Norton and, well, I think Hannah Waddingham is from the uh, UK too with a name like Waddingham. I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know how they always get, you know, 
famous. famous people from that country. So in addition to the actual Eurovision events, there's also a festival that's occurring in Liverpool called Eurofest. Yeah, so in this Eurofest, they will be having, it will be a two-week cultural fest um, running from the 1st of May to the 14th of May. And it will be presenting 24 brand new commissions, 19 of which are collaborations between the UK and Ukraine artists, uh, Ukrainian artists that will transform the city as fans from across the world descent on Liverpool. So um, some major works are uh, the Blue and Yellow Submarine parody and right. Underwater <laughs> Swim, uh, sw- uh, sorry, an Underwater outdoor sea disco um which will cu- uh, kickstart the eurovision party as well as um some other acts that as well sounds very interesting to attend like an underwater disco well that's um that's the beatles yellow Is submarine um, that's why yeah it's a beatles song do you reckon it's just going to be a pool above them that's <laughs> it's underwater uh, and the festival concludes with a simultaneous rave in liverpool and ukraine which will be live streamed across the world uh, which will uh, be a celebration um of the uniting power of music and the resilience of ukrainians throughout the last year to keep making music dancing and celebrating their culture so i'm looking a little more into um liverpool it says that the city was actually um, listed as a UNESCO city of music. However, apparently it's been delisted in 2021. So, yeah, it has. They've taken it off for some reason. So, Scandal. it used to be. It's a former <laughs> UNESCO um, city of music. So, I think this brings us to um, Ukraine's entry into this year. So, um, Ukraine is performing a song called Heart of Steel by the group Tvorchi which is an electronic music duo from Ternopil. So have a guess how these guys met. So firstly, um, it is um, a mixed uh, duo. So Andrei Hutsulyak is from Ternopil, whilst Jamo Augustus Kehinde, also known as Jeffrey Kenny, is from Nigeria, and they met while studying pharmaceuticals at the Ternopil State University. So, an interesting duo, and both um, individuals have said that um, their parents, respectively, um, disagree with their choice to pursue a music degree, uh, music career, and that's why they uh, made them go study pharmaceuticals. Right. <laughs> um, and um, it's not the first time that they've attempted to represent Ukraine in Eurovision, and in 2020, Tvorici also attempted to represent Ukraine by entering the National Selection Contest with Beard with the song Bonfire, where they placed fourth in the final, and that was the year that Ukraine selected Goa to represent them for the first time. However, COVID obviously cancelled the 2020 Eurovision. So I was looking for some of the songs that will be participating, and I noticed um for the czech um song um it's called my sister's crown and it's about um the story of sisterhood and as a protest against gender inequality saying that you can support from other people on the subject of uh, equality and it's not just between women but everyone and i was looking at the languages that they're singing in so they're singing in you um in English, Czech, Bulgarian, and surprisingly, uh, surprisingly also in Ukrainian. So, uh, I think I believe it's the choruses that are sung in Ukrainian, and um, 
I think this is one of the first times a different country is singing in Ukrainian. It is. So that's pretty cool. It's nice that Ukraine's language and culture is being recognized by other countries and that they're incorporating it into their own entry. Yeah, it kind mm. of brings a bit of Ukraine to the hosting city. Yeah. <laughs> so we wish Ukraine all the best and obviously all the other contestants. And um, I'm sure we can probably do a wrap up after the contest has happened and see how Ukraine did and how Eurovision uh, went in general. <laughs>